Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, a Business Examiner News Group podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode's special guest is the president of the Western Retail Lumber Association. She stops by to talk about the organization's new Let's Go Build campaign, industry career opportunities, and much more. Our conversation starts now. Hi, I'm Liz Kovach. I am with the Western Retail Lumber Association. Our organization is here to support the building supply industry. We are their industry advocates. We are here to educate their staff to help run efficient operations and businesses. And we're also here to be that marketing firm to help connect our greater customers to each other. Awesome. Well, Liz, I've been looking forward to this chat. I know we've had it booked for a, a quite some time here. Um, and kind of the, how this started was this Let's Go Build campaign. And so I'm wondering if you can just give me a bit of an overview about what it is and kind of what problems it is trying to solve. The labor issue is not something that's new. Obviously, it's really heightened and, and something that we've been paying a lot of attention to since the pandemic. But where this really started is the construction industry is usually not at the forefront of people's minds when it comes to career awareness and job opportunities. And early on in my tenure at the WRLA, we did have a program that was there to try and encourage younger generations to take on leadership roles and to build their career within the industry. But what we haven't done a really good job of is creating public awareness of the industry. We've always been around. Building homes is really important. You can't build homes without the materials. And we really want to highlight the opportunities that exist within this industry. There are so many great people. It's a really rewarding industry because essentially our members are building communities. Just to give you some perspective where a lot of our members are located, we represent over 330 communities in the West. So lots of small towns have the nucleus, their nucleus is kind of that building supply store because it's there to provide all their building materials, their groceries, all those types of things. And it's really important that people see how relevant this industry is and what the opportunities are within it. And Let's Go Build is really the brand around it that we wanted to tie into the career piece so that we can give a face, a really colorful and fun uh, marketing program to really showcase to people what opportunities exist. They are extremely vast. There is so much diversity. And we're really excited that we were finally able to get this program off the ground because we did have some delays there for a couple of years. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And I think it's a tremendous approach. We were talking earlier. Sometimes you just don't know what's out there. And there's just crazy opportunities. And quite frankly, you know, there's really no guarantees, but construction in Western Canada, I would say British Columbia especially, there is guaranteed work for the next decade just with all of the infrastructure and construction and BC housing stuff. So tremendous opportunities and long-term job security, which I think is awesome. I was wondering, is there, and you mentioned that there is a recent labor market survey. Is there some information from that that you wanted to provide to us? For sure. Actually, your last comments were a really great segue into that because one of the things we did discover in this study is the there is going to be growth in the industry, about two and a half percent to five percent is what we're going to see in terms of, of job growth over the next five years, which means there is going to be building that's happening. One of the other key things that we learned is not only do we have to start looking ahead and preparing for that future growth, we also learned that 20 percent of the industry is going to be retiring in the next five years, but average of four uh, percent each year. So 
A lot of those positions are more senior, more technical positions. So there's a lot of opportunity for succession in that meaning if you are a person who wants to take on some senior leadership roles who might actually be interested in becoming an entrepreneur and purchasing a business there is definitely an opportunity and pathway to do that because the numbers are pretty high when you look at the rate of retirement and we want to make sure that we have people who understand that there are those opportunities and that we're building the awareness of that. And that really ties nicely into our Let's Go Build campaign because we have a high entrepreneurship in our industry. Back in 2019, which uh, is a few years ago now, we're going to have to redo that study, but we ran an economic impact study and we learned that our industry has one of the highest levels of management positions as well as entrepreneurial positions. So that's something that we really want to get out to the public because there's a lot of people who want to become business owners. They're not, you know, they might want to look at starting their own, but there is also a really great opportunity in the building supply industry to come in, to learn the ropes, and then be able to buy in and take on and, and run with a business. And we've seen several people who own multiple locations. But that really is up to you as an individual if that's something that you're driven towards. So those are some really important statistics. And we're also noticing that there's a bit of a gap in some of the age groups that, that we're missing. So we really want to start to get people sort of in their 30s really considering this industry because there is a lot of opportunity for growth. There's a lot of pathways and, of course, diversity in opportunity. And one of the things that we've discovered over the past few years is if you're a marketing professional, you may not necessarily consider this industry, yet people are selling, they need to understand how to market, there's people who want to build houses, there's people who might not know about certain communities, and that's where some folks might have the ability to say, hey, listen, we've got a great community here, why don't you come, come work for us? So we really want to make sure that people understand that whether you're in finance, HR, marketing, sales, if you're an engineer, there's definitely opportunities for you here. Awesome. Well, I think, yeah, that is, that is phenomenal. Yeah. Tremendous opportunity there. I'm wondering too, just in closing on, on this segment here, is there any misconceptions about kind of working in the, in this industry that you would like to address, you know, kind of you coming from the inside? I think when it comes to the greater construction industry, a lot of people, they may not necessarily see the opportunities within it and they may not understand the impact that the industry has. And our members truly are building communities. And it doesn't matter what role you're in, every person that's working, whether it's in a retail section, whether it's in a manufacturing segment, that you really are giving back to the community. You're helping to build those communities and that you're going to find some rewarding work. And I think there's also a misconception that you may not be, you can't necessarily be successful. And that's that's so far from true. I, you know, I've... We, we talk about this a lot and I, and I don't want to say anything bad about other professions, but, you know, we've paralleled well, you know, you can go to university, you can create all this debt. Sure, you're going to be making a lot of money, but, you know, you can also go to school for four years or you may not necessarily have to go to school. We have a lot of people who are successful in this industry who've learned on the job or who, who, you know, work with us on some of their training and development to help get them to those next levels. So I, I want to, I think one of the misconceptions is, is the lack of pathways and the lack of opportunity. And that is not the case in this industry at all. Are you able to kind of speak to some of the pain points that your organization members are facing kind of at the local level? There's a few. The first one for sure would be on the labor side, on the recruitment and retention. And, and this is something that the reason why we conducted the labor study initially was really to get some 
some hard information uh, that highlights that. We have a lot of anecdotal information, but that is a big piece. In this last couple of weeks, we've spent some time visiting with members. We've been in, in various communities and we noticed that the attendance was a little bit down and it's because some people couldn't actually leave their facility because they just don't have enough people and it's a struggle and people are not going to apply for jobs that they don't know that exist so that's an area where we need to do a little bit better um, but we also want to build some of the training and development around that to really help support our members when you look at various businesses they they want to do a really good job of onboarding but when you're pressed for time. And, you know, you might be a, a general manager, but right now, if you're a short staff, you're doing this, you're doing all the selling, you're making sure that the deliveries are being done on time. You yourself might be doing those deliveries yourself uh, and, and taking on roles that may not be yours. And so you can't really work on the business. You're working in the business. And that's where we really also want to help support some of that training and development. And we've worked on that with our members. We've got some really great intro uh, courses because we really want to be able to integrate the training and development to help them onboard their staff so that they've got that longevity from them uh, and then also create some consistency in that knowledge as well. When we started kind of this chat, we talked a little bit about the government relations. And so you've, you've highlighted these issues. I'm wondering if you can speak to just how you're attacking this from a, lob, let's just say, lobbying or GR perspective. Well, we've met with several elected officials, both nationally as, and, and provincially as well. And we really have been tackling it from a position of, we know that you are looking to create jobs and we really want to be that partner with government. Uh, and we've presented to them our Let's Go Build campaign. We have asked them for some support in that realm because the program that we have is really turnkey. And the more resources that we have, the more ability we have to be able to build curriculum. And that's certainly an area where we want to continue to build and grow. And not, you know, it'll help us, but will also help the government as well, because we know that there's a certain amount of jobs out there. We want to be able to create jobs. We want the unemployment rates to be lower. And we want to make sure people also have really great, you know, have the ability to build a really good life for themselves and a good quality of life. And that's something we have the ability to do. And it's an area where we want to be a partner with them, where they can also leverage the messaging for us. And I will say that our presentations have been really well accepted. Uh, we're continuing to work on what the logistics might look like of having them supported as well. And we're hoping to see some positive results here coming in the in the next couple of months. So, uh, and, you know, just even having support from governments when it comes to, you know, supporting the labor studies, I think it's really important for them to see us as a really relevant career opportunity. And we want to be that consistent partner. And we want people to have great employment. And we want them to see us as, that type of an employer because we have not been on their radar. And you know what it's like, the government, you have to have squeaky, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? And that's what we're trying to be, that squeaky wheel to really elevate the presence of our industry. Well, that is awesome. I appreciate that. And I can imagine there's some, I think it would be exciting to be in your shoes and also just you're kind of pioneering uh, for an industry that, that hasn't done a lot of advocacy there. So that's great. Um, I did want to ask you, uh, with the, kind of this final section here is just about the economy. You know, we, looking at headlines, there's always these doom and gloom things tied to interest rates. And I would say on our side, you know, our, we deal with a lot of mid-sized uh, general contractors and developers. And there's certainly some hesitation, but generally, for most of it, a lot of it is business as usual. Um, and so I'm just wondering, what are you hearing from your members about 
purchase volume sales? Is there reduction in construction? Is it business as usual or is it growing? Can you just speak to that? That's a really great question because it really depends on which area of the country you are. There definitely permits are down in in some areas, but just speaking with some of our members, I've asked how business is going and and they use, a lot of people have been using 2019 as their baseline because we know that the last couple of years have been a bit of an anomaly. But there are a lot of the folks I've spoken to are either at, you know, where they were at 2019 and a lot of people are ahead of that. So that's optimistic. Um, obviously, we would like to make sure that that can continue forward. You know, the interest rates certainly concern people because um, you want folks to continue to be renovating. You want people to be, you know, supporting the economy. but when inflation gets high and people start to put their wallets away, then that might create some issues. So um, I do still think, though, that we're we're going in the right direction, at least for this year, based on the feedback that I'm hearing. I haven't heard doom and gloom from everyone. But at the same standpoint, you know, there are some folks who are going to be doom and gloom regardless of of how good things are going. I think we both have probably picked that up in, in, in our careers at some point in time. But overall, I've heard some pretty optimistic uh, results for this year compared to 2019. I just look around in my community and every time we're out on the road, we're always looking at, wow, there's another, there's another, you know, condo complex or apartment building that's being built or, you know, residential areas that are continuing to grow. So, you know, when you see that, it it is optimistic uh, to see that moving forward. Before I jump into the final four, these are four static questions we ask each interviewee. Is there anything I did not ask you that you wanted to cover? Well, I think for us, we really want people to start, you know, really to to tune into our Let's Go Build campaign. Uh, we do have a website where people can log in and really, right now it is an option where people can search what job opportunities are available in various provinces and geographically across the West. It's certainly something we would love to see other um, organize and share as well, because it'll certainly help to to grow that. But I think one of the things I also want to share is we've talked a lot about, you know, more of those professional positions or where there's designations such as marketing, HR and, you know, engineering, those types of things. But we do have a lot of really great entry level opportunities as well that can turn into something different if that's what people want. And We always talk a lot about school, but I see so many of our members who are successful who may not necessarily have gone to university or college, but have learned a lot, have had really good mentors that have helped them build their business experience and really helped them show the ropes. And I think that's one thing I really want to encourage people to consider is you can come in, you can build a really great career, and there are people here who are willing to help you. Obviously, as an association, we are here to develop that, but we've got some really great mentors that we work with. And now that I've been here for seven years, I've really had the opportunity to see some of the younger, some younger people really grow into their position, really develop. And it's been really fun to be part of their journey to see how kick-ass they have become either as a business leader or a salesperson. And we can all learn from each other. So I really do want to encourage how welcoming this industry is and, and how much opportunity there is. If you're willing to work hard and learn, that's really the key. And if you're a self-starter, there's a ton of opportunity. Awesome. Well, I very much appreciate that, Liz. Thank you. Um, So I want to jump into uh, this final four. It's one of my favorite things uh, for these interviews. And so the first question I'd like to ask is, do you have a favorite book? And there's no parameters on what it is. No, it could be a business book. It could be a romance novel. It could be a car magazine. It could be whatever. But what do you like to read? 
so I like to, I I like I read mostly two genres. I love business books, uh, and I'm a huge fan of John Maxwell. So I've read a lot of his books, but I'm also for like my pleasure reading. I love fantasy books, and it's tough to say which is well fantasy and action. So I like John Clancy, and I've been into a lot of um, the most recent book I finished was Atlas Six. Actually, I finished it last night. So tough to I don't have one favorite book, but hey, that's all um, good. Those are my genres. <laughs> awesome. No, I appreciate that. A John Maxwell fan myself as well. Uh, favorite app that, uh, let's just say, on your mobile device outside of your email or office suite? My Garmin Connect. I'm a data junkie. <laughs> you know what? A lot of, I get a lot of that. Uh, best personal advice you've received? This could be either attributed to a single person or maybe just a, a summary of a, a thought or concept that's really impacted you is to always show up. We're not always going to have a great day. We're not always going to be able to show up the way that we want to or the way that we envision or based on what other people expect of us. But we're all human and we're going to all have those days. But the most important thing is to show up and make every day your best day. They're not going to be the same. But if you approach your day that way, I think that's the best way to go. And this one hits home with me today because... I had, as I mentioned to you earlier, I had an accident and one of my biggest challenges right now is my sleep has not yet returned. And this morning, uh, after a really rough session of physio, I thought to myself, I don't know how I'm going to do today, but I reminded myself, just show up, put on a skirt, get to work, and then the rest will work itself out. So, and I've had a really great day and this is a really awesome chat today too. So, Awesome. Well, I applaud you for that. That is not an easy thing to do just to show up at times. Last question I'm going to ask you. It's normally I've seen what's your favorite restaurant in Vancouver Island, but if you've been to BC, could you tell me your favorite place to eat here? Or if not, favorite place for when I visit Winnipeg, what favorite place to eat? Oh boy. I always pick a sushi restaurant in BC. Don't ask me to remember the name. Um, But if you come to Winnipeg, I would suggest you go to Deer and Almond. It is not a chain restaurant. They focus very much on local fare you don't need a lot of sauces or spices. I find everything that is cooked is to perfection. And I've had some of the best dishes there and their cocktails are amazing. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. 